What up, brawlers? Welcome back to Throne Hands as we preview UFC 257, Poirier versus McGregor 2. Daniel just got assigned to work and Brett can't make it. But I got two guests with me, Gene Rogers and John Rialjo, both of my uh, co-workers at bloodycanvas.net. Guys, how you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, too. All right, so we're going to start off with the first, first bout of the main card. Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Hebas. Marina Rodriguez coming off a loss to Carla Esparza um, and Hebas coming off a win against Paige Van Zandt. And Marina Rodriguez, Muay Thai fighter, great off the back end. Amanda Hebas has been improving on the feet, but she is a very good jiu-jitsu practitioner. What are your thoughts going into this matchup, John? Um, so, you know, I think a lot of people in the MMA community are really high on Hebas now, right? I mean, she's kind of become a megastar, especially since she fought uh, Paige Van Zant. And, uh, you know, I think she's a really good, well-rounded fighter. Um, and this is going to be an opportunity for her to test or to potentially prove how good she is on her on the feet because Marina Rodriguez can stand and bang. And if she's really good in the clinch, she's, you know, obviously really good tie background. Um so I think the key to this fight is if Hebas wants gets the ground to or gets the fight to the ground, we've seen it with the Cynthia Calvillo fight where Marina Rodriguez dominated the first two rounds and then it was a draw because she just couldn't get off of her back um, in the third round, lost at 10 majority draw right there. And then against Carla Sparza, another good wrestler, she was taken down. And while she did some good work on, from the ground and on her back, um, the reason why she lost that fight was because she just simply couldn't get up in a lot of instances. And Hebas is really good on the ground, really good BJJ. So what does the fight look like on the ground? I think advantage Hebas pretty easily on the feet. Who knows? Because, you know, I think, I think Hebas can definitely stand and bang with her potentially there. So um, the key to the fight for Marina Rodriguez, keep the fight standing because that's her only chance to win for or for Rodriguez, I think, uh, sorry, I think I said Hebas. For Rodriguez, keep the fight standing. Hebas, I think she can win it a bunch of different ways. I think she's a more well-rounded, better fighter, but who knows? It's an interesting fight for sure. For sure. What about you, Gene? Yeah, I would agree with John. I'm definitely on the Rebos uh, hype train, and I'm not super familiar with Rodriguez. I'm not really the biggest fan of women's fighting, but um, – yeah, like I think Amanda has a lot more ways to win. And, uh, on the feet, for sure, I think it could go either way. But if it gets to the ground, Amanda's definitely going to probably take home the W. For sure. So my prediction, Hebus by submission, uh, what are you guys' predictions? Let's start with Gene. I think it's probably probably a third-round submission for Hebus. What about you, John? Uh, I'm going to say second round TKO via ground and pound by Hebus. 
Ooh, okay. So, like, you you guys are saying submission. I'm saying ground and pound, like, kind of like the same fashion just instead of the submission. I think she finishes with hands, but the same sort of idea as you guys. All right. So, to the next bout of the <clears throat> bout of the evening, excuse me, Andrew Sanchez versus Mahmoud Muradov. Uh, I think this is a great fight here. Both guys who are both tough. Um, Andrew Sanchez, uh, one of the best defensive wrestlers I've seen in the UFC. And then Mahmoud Muradov, he, he can't submit, but he has center blocks in his hands. He'll put you out real quick. What are your thoughts on this matchup, Gene? Uh, I'm actually not too familiar with either of these guys, but I have seen Sanchez fight and his wrestling's really good. Um, I think that's probably going to be the key in this fight. Uh, let me pull up. Um, yeah, I actually don't think I've ever seen Murado fight, so I'm going to, I'm going to take Sanchez in this one. All right. What about you, John? Yeah. So I think this is an opportunity for, for Muradov to, um, make a statement here because, you know, Andrew Sanchez, while he certainly had his ups and downs, um, he's coming off of a big win and he, he's really good at muddying up fights and he can make, he might not win fights against the top tier uh, talent in the division, but he can muddy up the fight and make it tough for those guys to win. You know, I'm thinking of a Vittori fight where, you know, he lost, but it, it seems like he, he makes it tough on opponents, right? So if you're Murdoff and you're coming in there and you have a little bit of hype, uh, you've won a bunch of fights in a row. Uh, you've looked really good so far in the UFC. Um, this is an opportunity. If Murdoff goes in there and makes it look easy, I will be uh, very, very impressed. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I think, I think, like you said, Andrew Sanchez. I mean, his nickname is El Dierte, uh, whatever that means. Looks like dirt to me. So he does like to dirty up the fight. But anyway, he's. This is a great matchup. Uh, what are your predictions? We'll start with John. Uh, I'm gonna say Muradov via decision. What about you, Gene? Uh, Sanchez via decision. I got Murdov via knockout. All right. Three different opinions. It's great to diversify stuff. All right. To the only woman's fight on the card, Jessica I versus Joanne Calderwood. Jessica I coming off a loss against Cynthia Calvillo. And Joanne Calderwood po quite possibly taking the most pointless fight of 2020 against Jennifer Maya. Really squandered her title shot there. And what could have been her only one, because she's getting a little older these days, as is Jessica I. So I think going into this fight, uh, Jessica I, she's a striker, but she can she can bring it to the ground and submit. And Joanne Calderwood, great Muay Thai. Uh, but yeah, this is this is going to be a stand-up, banging-out type of fight, I believe. What are your thoughts on this one, John? I think that uh, one of the more underrated storylines about this card is how desperate both of these fighters are for a win. Um, and if you look at Joanne Calderwood, she's, she's lost uh, four of her last seven. So if she loses this, uh, she goes to, to three and five in her last eight fights. And at that point, it's kind of hard to picture her ever really getting back up there. Um, and if you're Jessica I, you, you've, lost, um, you've lost two of your last three in the one win. Uh, granted, it was against Viviani Adarujo, who looked great on Wednesday. It was in a fight that she missed weight by a bunch of um, by a bunch of pounds, and so it's like, you know, they're both kind of at a at a tough point.
point. As you mentioned, they're both getting older in age. I think both fighters really, really need a win here. Um, I think this could, I think this could be a fun fight. I really do. I think this could be a good fight. Um, but I expect both fighters to come out aggressively because they both need a win. And what are your thoughts on this one, Gene? I am not a fan of Jessica. I, I think she's really limited <laughs> in her skill set. Um, to be honest, I kind of hate watching her fight, uh, especially when she got the title shot and got destroyed. Uh, I think this one's going to stay on the feet, and I think uh, JoJo is going to put it on her for sure because I think she's going to, like John said, she's going to need to come out. Really, she's really going to need to win. So definitely. So. To predictions. I got Joanne Caldwood by decision. What about you, Gene? I'm going to take uh, Joanne via TKO. And what about you, John? Uh, I have Jessica I via decision. This was one of the tougher fights on the card for me to pick, though. But um, I, I'm going to go with this guy. All right. I like – dang, I like this diversity. Daniel, my, my co-host and I usually agree, but I like some differing opinions here. All right. To the That's company. how you know it's a good card. That's how you know it's a good card when we, like, are differing on opinions because it could go either way. Yeah, definitely. All right. To the co-main event of the evening, this, this event's been overshadowed, I believe, because this could be a main event on any other uh, non-pay-per-view card. We got Dan the Hangman Hooker versus uh, Michael Chandler. Dan, Dan Hooker coming off a brutal loss to Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler making his UFC debut and coming off a knockout win against Benson Henderson, the legend that he is. Dan Hooker coming in at six. I think, as I said, this fight's being overlooked, but I think Michael Chandler has a big challenge on his hands. What do you, what are your thoughts coming into this one, Gene? Um, I really like Hooker in this one. Um, yeah, he lost his uh, last fight against uh, Fourier. But, like, I think the story in this is, like, is is Chandler going to be willing to go in and get into a brawl in his first fight? And I think that um, – I don't know. I just think Dan's going to put it on him. Like, I just – I don't know. I'm just not the biggest – like, and, and Chandler's getting older, too, and this probably wasn't the best time in his career to come over. And, uh, yeah, I just think Dan's going to be out there in the cage wanted to prove something and uh yeah i really like dan in this one so. yeah and what and about you too, yeah keep going uh, uh, yeah the wrestling in this dan's ground game isn't that great and i mean maybe maybe mike tried to get get the takedown so yeah, yeah and i and really like it yeah and speaking of dan's ground game i think it's underrated i think he has some of the most sneaky submission game in the ufc and this dude's hard to take down uh, i don't know if you would you like to expand on that john yeah, I think he's definitely hard to take down. And I think his ground game looked pretty good against Ally Quinta. If you go back just uh, just to UFC 243, I thought I thought uh, there were some instances where uh, he showed some good ground exchanges there. Um, my thoughts on this fight, you know, I think that it's entirely possible that Michael Chandler takes Dan Hooker down and controls him for two out of three rounds and can and – can, eke out a decision win i think that's entirely possible however i think that it's likely that hooker can prevent the takedowns enough and on the fee i favor hooker i think chandler can certainly win a firefight but i think i would favor hooker there if the fight were to stay on the feet i also think that chandler's dealing with 
maybe a little bit of pressure of not only is it is his first fight in the UFC, but he's a co-main event on a Conor McGregor card. There's that Habib narrative out there about if someone makes a statement, maybe you get to fight Habib. So I think it's entirely possible that Michael Chandler could be looking to come out and make that statement and stand and bang with Dan Hooker, which I don't think is his best best um, path to victory. So I favor Hooker in this in this matchup, but I mean, this is a great fight. This is a great fight. Yeah, and, and when we speak about what Habib said, I wrote an article about this yesterday. And when we're talking about this title shot, I don't see Dan Hooker, even if he decapitates Michael Chandler, I, I think – I just think the Michael Chandler fight, if Michael Chandler was impressively, that's just so marketable because, you know, it's the guy coming over from Bellator and everything. But I, th- I think Dan Hooker is the most overlooked person in this division – by far, I I think his Muay Thai is absolutely incredible. So, two predictions. I got Dan Hooker knocking Chandler out cold. I think Michael Chandler came over five years too late <laughs> to the UFC. And I think I think Dan Hooker's – Michael Chandler, rather, is going to get a taste of uh, welcome to the UFC. What do you, what's your prediction, Gene? John's got me thinking over here about the uh, – just. Chandler using the wrestling game and winning rounds. Uh, I th- I'm going to stick with Booker, though. I think he's going to get a finish. And what about you, John? I think uh, I'm going to go with Hooker by decision. Um, but this is another tough pick. Um, but I'm, I think I think Dan Hooker gets the job done at the end of the day. Definitely. I mean, I I can't argue with what other you guys said. All right, to the main event of the evening. Dustin Poirier, uh, the Baton Rouge native versus Conor McGregor. Uh, the King is back. Um, this this fight's a little bit different than the first time. These two have both have mutual respect for each other. Um, and these guys have gotten so much better. And this is – I don't think I've been so excited for a fight in a very long time. And I think coming into this, like they're aged. They're in their primes. And like I said, they're so much better than they are. What are your thoughts on this one, John? So – like I said before, I'm a big fan, as I think a lot of people are, of Amanda Hebos. So I've been watching a lot of her interviews and a lot of stuff that she said. And she trains at American Top Team, where Dustin Poirier trains. And I think that she has unintentionally kind of dry snitched a little bit on Dustin Poirier and maybe his game plan here. Because if you if you listen to her in her interviews, whenever she's asked about this fight, because she's on the card, you know, she trains at ETT with Poirier. So she's asked, what do you think about the main event a lot? And she has been for a while. And every time she's asked about it, she always brings up Dustin's wrestling. And it makes me think that, it makes me think that she has seen Dustin Poirier practicing and drilling wrestling. And so what I expect is for Poirier, and it's, and it would make sense with the game plan, right? So like Connor's so aggressive and so, you know, it's hard to survive a first round with Connor McGregor. I think Dustin Poirier is going to come out, try to wrestle for the first two rounds, take it into that third, fourth, potentially fifth round and then see what happens. I think that's what his game plan is going to be. It would make sense. It doesn't take, you know, the most analytical MMA fan in the world to think that that might be what he does. And if you listen to Amanda Hibas, every time she talks about this fight, she always talks about his wrestling, um, which I think is underrated. 
And I think that's going to be his game plan. Is it going to be enough? I don't know because I believe everything Connor's saying about how, um, how highly he's operating at the moment. Uh, he looks really sharp and uh, focused. So I think it's going to be a tough fight for Dustin Poirier. I do, that, I do expect that to be his game plan. Just not sure it'll be it enough. Yeah, and, and to touch on uh, like underrated stuff, I think Conor McGregor's ground game is underrated too as well. I feel, sure. like, his, I feel like his defensive ground game is top-notch. I mean, he knows he's not going to be offensive on the ground, but he knows, hey, if I can get back up, I'm back, I'm back to where my strengths are. And, Gene, what, what are your thoughts on this one? I would also like to agree that Conor's defensive ground game is it's top-notch. Even going back to the Khabib fight, I mean, it's he got Khabib through a lot, but a lot of a lot of it didn't really land. Um, yeah, I would hope that Dustin's game plan is to just to get this one to the ground, but I, I I do wonder about that too because I don't know if you guys caught Dustin on Theo Vaughn's podcast about how he wanted to drag Connor into a bloody war and he wanted to be bleeding. Dustin wanted to be bleeding uh, a minute into the fight. And, I mean, if that's the mentality he's going to take into this fight, I mean, he's going to be out of there in a minute. And I, I, his wrestling, I think it's okay. I think he has a lot of trouble covering distance. And he, like, he has, like, that, that, like that forward punch where he kind of, like, tries to cover the distance with his hooks. And when he does that, he eats a lot of damage. And in his career, he's fought two counterfighters, and he's gotten knocked out twice. With, with Michael Johnson and, and Connor the first time. So, yeah, I, I think I think Dustin's in for a, a short night, to be honest. Yeah, uh, this is kind of an odd side note, but at the weigh I never noticed how wide Dustin Poirier is. I mean, this dude's built like a square. <laughs> I, I never realized that. But anyway, um, I, think, I think another factor coming into this fight, Poirier's defense is so improved since the last time that the two of them fought striking striking defense wise but conor mcgregor hasn't been hit as much let's be honest has conor mcgregor ever been in a true war in his ufc career and like that hooker fight with Poirier is a as a career altering fight so it'll be interesting to see how he comes back after that all right john what's your prediction uh i'm gonna say conor mcgregor uh first round finish oh wow um what about you, Gene? Connor's gonna demolish him. Like it's gonna be bad. Ah, I'm torn because Poirier is probably top five favorite fighter of mine, and Conor McGregor. Uh, I'm not too big of a fan of him, but he's a phenomenal, phenomenal fighter. And I think I, I'm. I think that damage probably took a toll on Poirier from the hooker fight. So I'm gonna take Conor McGregor by knockout in the second round. So, and I also think it's like, you know, I'm picking, I'm picking Connor in the first round, but I also think that it's like, it's in a weird way. I think Poirier winning, like when you say Connor McGregor in the first round, it kind of leads, it might sound like you think like, oh, he's just going to go in there and make it look easy. I don't necessarily think that that's the case, but I think he does get it done in the first round where like, I don't know. I think it's closer than like that prediction would make it sound if yeah it makes any sense i don't know if it does but. yeah i think it's good it makes sense i think it's going to be an eddie alvarez type performance from conor mcgregor like he, how he did against eddie alvarez he's just going to piece him apart pick his shots 
But, hey, if poor Iowa wins, I don't think we'll be surprised. He's one of the best uh, – I don't count interim straps as titles. I think he might be one of the best, if not the best, to never win a title. All right. That'll do it for our preview. On to some news and opinions. Otman Azatar has been cut by the UFC for viol- and his team for violating uh, the COVID uh, safety bubble by cutting off the bracelets and letting other people in. I thought Azatar had – much potential and this is just unfortunate for him i mean i don't know if you heard but he doused people with gasoline at a bank so i guess it's not surprising what are your thoughts on all this news guys we'll start with you uh yeah the guy needs to be gone because i mean that's really sketchy behavior <laughs> i didn't know that's that's crazy but yeah guy needs to be gone for sure now what about you john what do you make of all this yeah, I mean, what a wild story. I mean, I was unplugged a little bit this morning. I, I was busy, and then I came back to my phone, and like all this craziness had like, popped off, and I couldn't believe it. And right decision by Dana White, but, man, this sucks because he has appeared to be like, someone that had all the potential in the world to climb the kings and become a legit contender in that division. So this does suck, but – right decision by Dana White. I mean, you got to cut the guy. You got to, you got to get rid of him. Yeah. And, and, and like when he dispatched comma worthy, uh, check out, check out that interview on throwing hands, by the way, I'll probably link it somewhere. Um, I was amazed. Cause I interviewed comma two or three weeks prior. And he's like, Oh, I can, I'll win this. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, this guy is legit. Cause comma worthy. I think he's uh, one of the brighter lightweight prospects prospects. What I uh, emphasize that. So, but anyway, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but he made the right decision. All right. Do you guys have any news or opinions that you want to share? Uh, we should mention again that uh, TNT is going to have Mighty Mouse on in prime time and then Eddie Alvarez in prime time. And they're oh. going to have Rod Dang, who's the Muay Thai monster. So mm. it's going to be really fun. April 7th, I think, for so. Yeah, that's, ex- that's exciting. I think, like, with the way Bellator has been, it's kind of been bummy the past <laughs> – couple of years but one's really on the rise and i think this is huge for one because i think in america obviously the ufc dominates and it's not even a a competition but if they can open some eyes to other to americans especially that's huge for one uh what are your thoughts on this uh card john yeah i mean i i like how they uh they have mighty mouse and alvarez fighting on the same card i think that that makes a lot of sense i mean that's a that is the type of card that is impossible to not get excited about. Definitely. Um, yeah, um, that's all I got. Do you guys have anything else? Um, I would just mention, I would just like to mention, you know, it, it sucks that Nazrat Hawkpress is out of uh, 257. Uh, he is a, you know, clearly a, a rising prospect in that division but i'm happy that armin sarukin got to stay on the car granted he missed weight but this gives a big opportunity for matt for vola to potentially make a statement so yeah you make a good we'll point see. there uh what about you gene you got anything else i i think i'm good man. all right well i want to thank you for coming on uh we'll start with gene do you want to plug any of your social media uh i'm gene rogers cf on everything and catch me at bloodycanvas.net and what about you, John? Yeah, so um, 
my Twitter is Bloody Canvas John. Or yeah, so Bloody Canvas John also follow Bloody Canvas MMA on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook, and that's about it. And YouTube, for sure. All right, Bloody Canvas MMA everywhere. Bloody Canvas MMA everywhere. That's right. And also, my plug: uh, Jacob Janoski MMA on Twitter, Jacob on Instagram, and you can look me up on BloodyCanvas.net. And look up throwing hands on YouTube. Uh, this is everywhere. Uh, oh, and by the way, we're off SoundCloud now. So, uh, yeah, the premium ran out on the account. But anyway, uh, guys, I want to thank you one last time for coming on. I really appreciate it. I thought we wouldn't have a preview uh, podcast, but we made it happen. Anytime, man. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll see you guys later. <laughs>